0: Everyone. Welcome to our listeners in the Big Apple from across the US and around the world. I'm Jeff Goodman, and you've tuned into Rediscovering New York. Professionally, I'm a real estate agent with Brown Harris Stevens, but Rediscovering New York is not a show about real estate. It's a weekly program about the history, texture, and vibe of our amazing city. And we do it through interviews with historians, local business owners, nonprofit organizations, preservationists, local musicians and artists, and the occasional elected official. On some shows, we focus on an individual New York neighborhood. We explore its history and its current energy. What makes that particular New York neighborhood special? On some shows, we host episodes about an interesting and vital color of the city and its history that's not focused on one particular neighborhood. On prior episodes, you've heard us cover topics as diverse and illuminating as American presidents who were from New York or who had some history here, about half of them, believe it or not. We've looked at the history of women activists and the women's suffrage movement, the history of different immigrant communities. We've looked at the history of the city's LGBT community and the gay rights movement. We've explored the history of bicycles and cycling. We've looked at the history of punk and opera, two of my favorite subjects. We've looked at our public libraries. We have three public library systems in New York, actually. We've explored the subway and some of our greatest train stations and even some of our bridges, to name just a few. After the broadcast, you can catch each show on podcast. We're on Apple, Google Sp- uh, Google Podcast, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and other services. Tonight, we are journeying to Queens again. We're going to look at another neighborhood. Woodhaven. My first guest is Ed Wendell. Ed has lived in Woodhaven for most of his life, over 50 years. Um, Pretty much everything Ed has done has been local. He's worked local, married local, spent a few years as president of the Woodhaven Residence Block Association. He's been a volunteer with the School Sisters of Notre Dame Educational Center for Women in Woodhaven, and most recently he's the president of the Woodhaven Cultural and Historical Society. When he's not championed Woodhaven history, Ed is director in an IT department for Quick International Courier. It's a shipping company that specializes in clinical trials and dangerous goods. We should talk about that sometime. Ed Wendell, a hearty welcome to Rediscovering New York.
1: Well, thank you, Jeff. I appreciate it. Appreciate the invite. Happy to be here. Hello to everybody.
0: And also happy Mardi Gras Day. Happy
1: Uh, Mardi Gras to all.
0: Yeah. Um, Are you originally from New York, Ed?
1: Uh, yes, yes. Um, I, was, I, was, I was born local. Uh, we moved around a couple times. My mom was from Scotland, my father was from Brooklyn, and uh, we moved around to a few neighborhoods, but before I was two years old, moved into Jamaica Avenue and Woodhaven on 95th Street and lived there for a few years. Then we, we moved out for a couple months, but then uh, we moved right back to Woodhaven and have been here ever since.
0: You've got a rich lifetime of history in Woodhaven, um, but it was because of a mishap you had in Woodhaven that facilitated you actually meeting the woman who would become your yeah. wife. Do you want to talk about that? That's sort of the classic neighborhood story.
1: Yeah, I actually my uh, my my car uh, my car was, was I was having trouble. I couldn't go into reverse. It turned out to be the transmission, but I didn't know. I was a young kid. You know, I was nineteen years old. And uh, so I was circling around looking for a spot I can just glide into. And I, I glided into a spot, went back the next day or two and, and took out, like, the oil stick, the transmission fluid, trying to figure out what was going wrong with the car, left my dipstick out on the car. And the next day when I went back, uh, my wife, she came over and handed me my dipstick, and uh, that was it. We went to see Purple Rain uh, a couple nights nights later. But, but she... See, I knew her because I used to work in a deli nearby, and, and she was one of the customers. So I actually knew her when she was a little bit younger. There's a whole different story about that, but I guess that's not why you brought me here.
0: <laughs> no, no, it's a. This is a show about neighborhoods and the people who are passionate well, about quick, them. In the story. She,
1: she got, I got in trouble because uh, you know she used to come in and, and ask for the liverwurst with the slices of paper in between, and I, uh, I, I I didn't do it one time, and her 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 mother called up the store and uh, complained to the owner. <laughs> and I I had to slice it and put paper in between and bring it back and and give it to him. I was all embarrassed and everything. Years later, when I was dating her, I found out that the liverwurst was for the dog.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you worked at a competing business to one owned by our second guest, but we'll talk about that a, a little bit later in the show. Um, Ed, aside from the Woodhaven Cultural and Historical Society, you've been involved in some neighborhood organizations. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the Woodhaven, Woodhaven Residence Block Association, and, and what did it do specifically? Because usually you usually hear about block associations sure. that are just like a block or two, but not like a whole neighborhood block association.
1: Sure, sure. So the, the Woodhaven Residence Block Association was founded in 1970, uh, 1972, and uh, it, was, it was a civic association. It was a place for people to come and and air their complaints, and, and and to meet their local elected officials, to, to meet the police. It was it was you know it was that kind of a, a neighborhood a neighborhood group, and uh, I was actually in the process of moving out of the neighborhood when I went to my first meeting, and uh, uh, I didn't even know the block association existed. In uh, March of two thousand and nine, I went to my first meeting. By June, I was on the board of directors, and by December. Uh, I was president of the organization. It was a very, very quick uh, education for me, and I spent the next uh, couple of years uh, organizing in the neighborhood. and We did a lot of uh, graffiti cleanups, and, and 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 I left it in very good hands, and it's still still thriving now, and it's a uh, forty forty something year.
0: Wow, good roots that you that you planted. Um, what? How did you get involved with School Sisters of Notre Dame Education Center for Women? And, sure. and, and, so, and what do they do? What's the mission that might uh, be just
2: a
1: little this different is, this from is what the you're great hearing. story here in Woodhaven? The, the school sisters uh, came to Woodhaven about 12, 13 years ago and around the same time that that uh, that I was I was getting involved in the community and and, uh, and looking for pe- for, you know, doing outreach. And I, I, I came across I, I heard about them and I went to visit them and they took me on a tour of their center. So basically what they are is they offer um uh free education uh english uh, second language and uh high school uh high school equivalency to uh to women uh you know who who can who can come there and register so uh it was just uh, i as soon as i came in sister kathy is the executive director of the organization and uh she's just a a a a wonderful person the whole staff there are terrific and as soon as i went in there Uh, I I knew I wanted to help them out in any way in any way I could so I've been on their board of directors I've been a regular volunteer and champion of theirs it's a it's a great group because what they do is they're they're really changing uh, changing people's people's lives you know there was there was one woman there the first time we went uh, we we were introduced to her and she was she was in her first her first level you know of classes and uh, a couple years later we, we 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 met her again and we were talking to her and And she was telling us how difficult life had been for her when she couldn't speak English. Her her kids were, her kids all spoke English. They went to school. They had graduated. uh, Her husband did. He was out at work. She was, she was alone. She felt very isolated. So she went there. And as soon as she, uh, as soon as she had a good command of the uh, English language, where she felt comfortable, the first thing she went and did was to go volunteer at a local senior center. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, it was just a, it's just a whole wonderful story. It's a big, Big deep impact on a community when you have an organization in a, in a place like that.
0: Sure, sure. When did you develop your passion for local history, Ed? Because you really are the uh, uh, like the walking and talking historian of Woodhaven.
1: Yeah, I guess you know. I I, I, I guess it's just because I've been here my, my my whole life, like 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 Mark has, and like like a lot of people have. You know, it's just. Um, I grew up, uh, you know, on Jamaica Avenue. That was my, that was my, that was my playground. And, uh, just, just, just over time, you know, a lot of the people that I grew up with, uh, moved away. And, uh, you know, it was, it was a book by Vincent Seyfried, the history of Woodhaven and Ozone park that when I, when I looked at that, I, I, I just, I really got fascinated how things, uh, you know were the way they were today because of because of what happened in the past and 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 reading and seeing the old photographs uh, I just I just got very very fascinated but but my my interest became more of a Of, of kind of a, a hyper local uh, history, you know it, It's not just you know, the dates and figures and going back It's just a lot of the a lot of the interesting things and quirks that a, that a community that the community has and a lot of the things You can talk about you know, when you're giving directions to people who live in the neighborhood, you know, you can tell someone, yeah, that, that's 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 over by where that guy used to sell the birdhouses on Woodhaven Boulevard. People know exactly because <laughs> you lived here. You know exactly what that means and where it is. And, and it's that kind of history. That's a lot of fun to share with, uh, with 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 fellow residents.
0: When was the Cultural and Historical Society founded?
1: I was founded in 1992 um, by 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 a group of of local residents and. And. Uh, they, uh, they embarked on a mission of, uh, of, of, of uh, printing the, the Woodhaven history book, of putting up some historical markers, you know, and just basically promoting, promoting the history. And uh, they invited me to a meeting in 2010, and uh, I had just a, a great time at it, and, and, and just, it just took off from there. So mm-hmm. I've, now been, I've now been the president, I think it's been 10 years.
0: Well, great. Great. First question I want to ask you about the history of Woodhaven is how did it get its name? I mean, you could think, OK, Woodhaven. Sure. But, you know, was is there a is there a story behind?
1: Yeah, yeah actually, uh, John John Pitkin um, was was uh, bought a lot of land. and was developing a, a new city, his his plan for a new city. He didn't like the way Manhattan was uh, structured. So he wanted to buy a uh, build a, a bland, brand new city and he was going to call it East New York. And uh, it was it stretched out and Woodhaven was going to be a small part of it, but it wasn't called Woodhaven back then. It was originally called Woodville. And uh, the founding of, of Woodville was in July 1st, uh, 1835. And uh, that was going to be a small part of it. There was the freeze, I think it was in 1838, and it was like the big financial crash. And all of uh, Mr. Pitkin's uh, plans for that fell apart, even though the name East New York and that part of it still, still remains to this day. Uh, Woodville carried on uh and eventually they wanted to have a post office. And uh when they went to get a post office, it was rejected because there was already a Woodville upstate New York. So they had to change their name. And uh a bunch of names were bantered around. Edgewood. Edgewood was the the popular favorite uh because of its uh, our proximity to Forest Park. And then uh supposedly according to legend, Mr. Pitkin weighed in and, and he uh he, he he wanted to change it from Wood, Woodville to Woodhaven. So it became Woodhaven in eighteen eight uh, uh fifty three and uh so our our two hundredth anniversary officially will be uh in, in, in the year twenty
0: thirty five. Oh okay. Well that's fourteen years hence, hopefully we'll all be around for that. Mm-hmm. Um on the on the program, I like to recognize that there were indigenous people in what would become New York City before the Dutch and the English came. Um, do we know if local Lenape people actually lived in or around Woodhaven?
1: I I, I really don't. You know, there was uh, there were there, a lot of the tribes were in uh, in Jamaica, and uh, which is where Jamaica Avenue took its its, its name after a, a group there. But but around here, there's there's really there's very very little very little history that I'm aware of. On it, I've never seen it.
0: Mm. When did Europeans first start settling in the area?
1: Uh, Well, in the whole area, you know, New York, um, uh, but specifically around here, yeah, around what uh, around around here in the in the late sixteen hundreds, seventeen hundreds, we have a cemetery on Ninety Sixth Street in in uh, in what And we've got graves back there going into the seventeen hundreds. And, and we know, we know that it it was, that was, uh, after a long time, if they started settling here. So we, we, you know, there's been people here for, for 400 years or more.
0: Did anything significant happen in what would become Woodhaven during the American revolution?
1: You know, you can, uh, well, we had the battle of long Island, which was more in, in, in Brooklyn and supposedly, uh, there, there have been people said up, up in Forest Park, there are some high perches up there where you can see out the Jamaica Bay. And there was some uh, some sites.
0: Oh. All right. Well, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Ed Wendell. We're talking about Woodhaven. We're visiting Woodhaven in Queens. Ed is the president of the Woodhaven Cultural and Historical Society. We'll be back in a moment.
3: You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day.
0: Are you a conscious co-creator? back this is rediscovering new york and our episode tonight on woodhaven in queens this is episode 102 Uh, my first guest is ed wendell ed is the president of the woodhaven cultural and historical society ed are you working on any interesting projects right now in woodhaven history
1: uh yeah actually we're working on a few we're but uh, our main one is we're working on a uh we're working on a book um we have uh, quite a collection of, uh, of of photographs and uh we're 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 hoping to get that out uh sometime sometime later this year and that's about all i can really say about it but except there's there's a lot of a lot of very very interesting things coming our way we've been saving a lot of uh a, a lot of, a lot of great photographs haven't shown them in any of our presentations or or, or anything we're saving them for this because uh, people are going to really love this
0: well, I hope you invite me to the launch party because I'd love to come, especially if it's in the fall, it'll be at the uh, other end of this tunnel that we're in right now. Um, how can people get in touch with you if they're interested in finding out more about, about the society?
1: Best, best way is to email us at woodhavenhistory@gmail.com at And uh, we have, uh, we have weekly, uh, we have weekly zoom meetings and we look at old newspapers. We look at old photographs and, uh, you know, we 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 tend to call ourselves the woodhaven historians because um, I, I I really enjoy when people come to our show and they can they can bring their their history to to the table. We have uh, on our Zoom calls we have uh, one uh, one woman who's been coming to them. She's ninety four years old, and her parents owned a store on Jamaica Avenue, and uh, the stories she can tell and has told us it's just it's just it's just fantastic. It's a uh, you know it's a it's a lot of, a lot of fun a lot of fun hearing it, and and, and I think. You know, one of the big parts of being a historian is, uh, especially in a, in a group like this, is is that I'm not just the historian of the organization. We're all we're all the Woodhaven historians and and uh, we're we're pulling everybody's story together.
0: Well, that's great. Um, And as you could well imagine, I'm a I'm a sucker for local history, especially in this amazing city that we live in. And speaking of interesting history in Woodhaven, I was struck by the fact that there were not one but several race tracks that were uh mm-hmm. started Woodhaven and as far back as the 1820s that's that's like 200 years ago i grew up in Sheepshead bay mm-hmm. and you know there was a race track that went up i think in 1890 or something so when you hear about several race tracks that sure. you know that that got started almost 200 years ago that's a long time
1: yeah so so this this october 15th 1820 uh 18 october 15th 1821 was the first race um at the union course Racetrack. Uh, here in here in Woodhaven, which was the largest uh, dirt track at the time, and uh, and at, at different races, they used to have match races between the North and the South, uh, and uh, there was upwards of a hundred thousand people reported that came to to Woodhaven to to view this, uh, you know, and it was very very important to the development of our community. Uh, all the businesses uh, that's cropped up around it, hotels, they. They brought the railroad uh, here and had a stop at the train station. I mean, it really, <laughs> it really was uh, central to, to to our to our community. Uh, a second racetrack cropped up in what is now today Ozone Park, Centerville Racetrack. Uh, so racing was 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 very very uh, 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 hot around here. Uh, the Union Course Racetrack uh, has been gone for many years, but there's still plenty of it around. We do walking tours around around Woodhaven, and, and there is actually one small street. Uh, in woodhaven that is part of the far turn of the original racetrack so you can see it all these years uh, later and it's just it's amazing it's a little hidden piece of woodhaven uh, history right there in front of everybody's eyes and when people uh you know i like to say it when people have those those moments that just poof, they've lived here their whole life and they and all of a sudden you know you're showing them something that that's right there in front of them they they never knew existed and it's right there and it's just a, it's it's a great feeling when you can show that to somebody you know
0: you're uh, talking about Clemente court, right? Yes. 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 I'll have to lie. You know, I love little, little, uh, fascinating tidbits like that in corners that people wouldn't even, wouldn't even know what their history was.
1: For for, for people at home, Clemente court is just a tiny little, uh, street in, in Woodhaven. It doesn't even look like a street. It looks like a driveway and, uh, it's between two houses and you go back there and there's a little area back there. with three more houses and it's just, it, it, it's, it's, it's just quirky. You know, it's quirky. You like that stuff. And, uh, yeah, when you when you when you look at it, you look at the racetrack. It was uh, it was the it was the one of the one of the turns on the on the track.
0: When did the uh, of course the third one is the famous A of the ABC of the Aqueduct, which is still there. When did when did the other two close?
1: Uh, I'm not sure about Center, books. that's more that, that, that really is definitely more of Ozone Park's history. Um, uh, not even not even really part of, of, of what it is. But but the, uh, the the Union Course racetrack during the 1860s was a camp. For union soldiers and then after that they tried to bring it back but by the by by about 1870 uh, it it was it was it was gone it was divided up uh like in the 1890s so it sat there for 20 years it was actually an eyesore in the neighborhood it was kind of sad and, and then uh they they built it up and built uh built housing all over the place mm.
0: Well, we we talked about John Pitkin and his vision of building kind of uh, an alternate city, you know, in the area. It's different sure. from uh, 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 New York, which was Manhattan, and Brooklyn, mm-hmm. which also was was getting kind of crowded. Um, but his uh, dreams and his planning were dashed by uh, – I, th- I think the Great Panic was in 1837. I wasn't around then, but I mm-hmm. remember that, yeah. you know, in the books of the days of uh, mm-hmm. good old Martin Van Buren, another New Yorker who was uh, president of the United States. Um when did residential development in the area really start then? When, when, when would we have begun to see um, the neighborhood look, or at least parts of the neighborhood look like we see now?
1: Sure. So, so you know, really uh, what, is, what, is, what, what is now Ozone Park, um, south of, uh, um, uh, of Atlantic Avenue, where the clock tower is and that whole area, that was that was Woodhaven proper, and and, and you had housing there in the 18, 1870s, seventies, eighteen eighties. You had buildings, you had houses. Um, whereas the other side, what is now Woodhaven, was mostly farms. So you had farmhouses dotted here and there. Uh, in the early nineteen hundreds is when you started seeing more and more development as the farms started dying and getting sold off into into sections, and that's where they started, uh, you know, real estate. Uh, stepped in and had names for different sections. Every 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 section of Woodhaven had had different had different names. That's how Ozone Park came around. Ozone Park was a, was a four square block area that was part of that was part of Woodhaven that just eventually expanded. The reason that Ozone Park name stayed around was because there was an Ozone Park station. There was a train station there on the the, the Long Island Railroad. Uh, so so these uh you know these these farms got subdivided and you started seeing them all through the house we live in here was built in nineteen oh six most of the houses around here were built like around that around that time
0: mm. I'm sure the development of the of the Brooklyn-Manhattan transit of the BMT subway, uh, you know, mm-hmm. led to the development, you know, further development of the neighborhood. Um, I remember this is a, a, two neighborhoods over in East New York, but I, I remember my uh, grandmother telling me that they moved uh, from Hester Street, I think in 1906 and 1907, because the BMT subway was going up and mm-hmm. transportation and it was all farmland out there. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the industrial history of the neighborhood. Sure. There were a number of factories that opened up in Woodhaven and later in the nineteenth century, like after the Civil War, what kinds of what kinds of industries were sure,
1: the, the, the 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 big the big one? What was was the one that's actually up behind me on the uh, on the wall here? The the uh, and Grosjean uh, uh, Tin Factory, and they they made uh, uh, kitchen utensils. They made trays. I've got one around here someplace. A big a big metal tray that they made
0: locally um, made, huh? Right, right, now, right, like you
1: know, like uh, in Mash, where they have the the, the, the trays in the tent. Um, they, they made spoons. Uh, and it's actually a, a tremendous story. When uh, uh, Florian Grosjean, uh, it was Swiss, and, and, and came over here and um, uh, uh, opened up a factory in, in lower Manhattan and looked to, to, to build a bigger place or, or buy a bigger place and, and found a, a factory out here in, 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 uh, in, in, in Woodhaven and bought it in the 1860s. And then in 1873... Uh, there was a there was a, a tragedy and there was a fire in the and the building the building came the whole factory came came down um, see so what they did was when they were making the, the the tinware they they had to keep the fires burning and they used animal fat to do that so it got all encrusted on the wall and this is a wooden building so eventually everything went up in flames, according to legend it was at two in the morning when the original clock tower uh finally uh, uh fell that was the last piece to fall and um that was, in, uh, that was in February, uh, and then by, uh, uh, I think it was in September, the, the, new, the new factory uh, opens, and it's this major, big complex. And, and what happened in between time, when the first fire happened, a, a lot of the workers at that time, uh, whether they worked there, whether their spouse worked there, it was, it was something like seven or eight out of every 10 people in Woodhaven had an interest in that factory so, when the factory burned down, people picked up and were getting ready to move florian Grosjon he kept he paid to keep people on. he hired them to rebuild the new factory. he hired them to do anything and kept them on and a few months later opened up the factory again and uh, really saved a, a mass exodus in, in, in the uh, in, in the community mm. and uh, the factory stayed around for for a very long time after that he's a very interesting character, Florian Grosjean.
0: Mm. um One of the oldest businesses in Queens, and I think one of the oldest tavern businesses in all the five boroughs, is right in Woodhaven. That's nearest Tavern. Mm -hmm. Um, When did it open?
1: So it it opened in 1829. It opened on the outskirts of of, of the racetrack. Um, And uh, it has gone through uh, several different names uh, uh, through the years, the Blue Pump Room. And, uh, eventually it was, it was, it was bought by the nearest family and, and, and it was, it was nearest for many years. Then it, it reverted back. It was called the union course, uh, a, a bar. Um, and then it was, uh, it was ready to close, uh, back in 2010 and, um, a group of, uh, a, a group of guys, including the current owner, Lloyd Gordon, uh, stepped in and, and, and saved it and restored it. And uh, and have done a have done a great job. I, I've been very honored to be a friend of law and, and, and part of the NEAR's uh, uh, 190 committee that that uh, that worked hard to to really push out and promote it. And it's been it's been really a ten year a ten year uh, a program to 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 promote this place and, and and to say we have something very very unique here, uh, not just in Woodhaven but in in New York City. And and we really we really think this should be preserved and saved.
0: I wonder what happened to news during Prohibition. If they became a coffee house, you know, it's all yeah,
1: Irish yeah. coffee
0: and Scottish coffee. Ah,
1: and- uh, yeah. yeah. I, I would say so. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, news isn't the only old business. There are a number of nearly century-old businesses in Woodhaven. Mm-hmm. Our second guest, actually, he uh, he owns a business that's been around for, for more than hundred years. Mm-hmm. What are some of the other businesses that have that have been around a long time?
1: Well, you know, you've got uh, we've got a, 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 a funeral home that's 125 years old. We got an insurance company that's 125 years old. Um, you know we've got uh, schmidt's candies a, a chocolate store that's coming up on 90 uh, 90 years old still very doesn't uh, uh, margie schmidt who runs schmidt's candies does uh, uh, has the same original uh, molds that her grandfather used when 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 he started the place i mean it's it, it just it's been around for forever we've got an upholstery place that's 83 years old we've got the same newspaper covering us since 1909 we've got a wow a, you know we've got a, a 120 year old uh, carousel that's a new york uh, city city landmark we've, we've got a lot of longevity and a lot of local history i'm very very blessed to to have this uh if you're into local history I've i've got like the greatest playground in the world because everything's here everything's there's a lot of great local history, and it's all still right in front of us.
0: Well, when we come out of the tunnel that we're in right now, the pandemic, I'm definitely going to going to go on on, on one of your tours of Woodhaven. Correct. Ed, Ed, we're almost out of time. One of the things I wanted to to bring up and ask you is, is one of the important things you've done as a local historian. Is to reveal certain things that either had been forgotten, mm-hmm. uh, or you know, like forg- forgotten sure. on the back shelves. You, yeah. you talk about one of the one yeah, or two the, of those this, things that you've uncovered.
1: This the, the 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 I mean the 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 first one for us that was big was um, the memorial trees of Forest Park. Um, we had just been doing some research and we found this little clipping about a, a plan to 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 plant memorial trees to the soldiers of World War One who were who were killed. And, and through just digging and digging, we found plenty of articles, but it was finding the location of them. Forest Park is a big place, 538 acres. And eventually, uh, we found enough information, uh, and uh, we're actually use, able to use the New York City website and look. Uh, they have some great overhead views from the early, from 1924, and we were able to, to spot where the trees had been planted and uh, um the families of the soldiers used to go up there and decorate them. You know, these trees were very personal to these people, and um, over time, the the tradition had died. So, with local students, with the ROTC, we have for the past five years uh, uh, brought that tradition back, and and we decorate those trees every every Memorial Day.
0: Wow. That's really that's really wonderful and very meaningful.
1: Oh, listen, you know what? Yeah. That moment when we were looking and we saw we saw where the trees were. It's like, you know, you're discovering something. You know, it's like that scene in the movie where the researcher has the uh, magnifying glass and all of a sudden you see that clue. It was that bingo moment and and everyone we told, everyone was just overjoyed to hear this. It was great. It was like finding out finding out something new about your community that was really great. It was like Christmas morning.
0: Wow. Well, Ed, thank you so much for being on the show and speaking about the history of Woodhaven. Uh, Our first guest has been Ed Wendell. Ed is the president of the Woodhaven Cultural and Historical Society. Um, You can find out about Ed and his work at what's the web address, Ed?
1: Uh, ProjectWoodhaven.com.
0: Great. Great. Uh, All right. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to speak to our second guest, who is a fifth generation Woodhavenite. Is is that a right noun or Woodhavenite? I'm not sure. Yes, it is. Oh, good. Excellent. Okay. Uh, We'll be back in just a moment.
3: You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, Educate, Empower.
0: back. Support for Rediscovering New York comes from our sponsors. Christopher Pappas, Mortgage Specialist at TD Bank. To find out how Chris can help you with all your residential home mortgage needs and tailor a mortgage that's right for you, please call Chris at 203-512-3918. And support also comes from the Law Offices of Thomas Siaka, focusing on wills, estate planning, probate, and inheritance litigation. Tom and his staff can be reached at 212 495-0317. You can like this show on Facebook, and you can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter. My handle's there at Jeff Goodman NYC. If you have comments or questions, or if you'd like to get on our mailing list, please email me, jeff at rediscoveringnewyork.nyc. One other note before we get to our second guest, even though Rediscovering New York is not a show about real estate, when I'm not on the air, I am indeed a real estate agent in our amazing city, where I help my clients buy, sell, lease, and rent property. If you or someone you care about is considering a move into, out of, within New York, I would love to help you with all those real estate needs. You can reach me and my team at 646-306-4761. Our second guest is a fifth-generation Woodhavenite. He's Mark Gallagher. Mark is the proud owner of the Manor Delicatessen. It's a business that's been in business since 1905. Uh, and Mark also started some other businesses, both called Oktoberfest. Um, one of the notes, before I asked Mark a question during the break, uh, Mark said that he and Ed they went on parks tours as kids, and they found arrows and other Indian artifacts in in the park. So uh, there definitely was a history of uh, local Lenape peoples here before uh, uh, before the Europeans came. Uh, Mark, you're originally from New York, and you're from Woodhaven. You're fifth generation, and that means that your daughter is sixth generation, and you volunteered that you have a grandchild on the way who's
4: going to be seventh generation. That's great. Oh, yeah. This is uh, exciting times, exciting times here in, uh, in Woodhaven, you know. Uh, seven generations in one place is a long time. Even even if you were in Europe, that's still a long time. So, uh, you know, we're looking forward to uh, leaving a legacy here and even in Woodhaven, and we'll see what the future brings. We don't know. You know,
0: is there any family lore about about why your your ancestors uh, came and settled in the area? I mean, anything you heard about as to what they liked about it, or uh, you know, why they decided I, to, to stay?
4: I had a uh, I had a great great grandparent that was an employee over there in. Uh, at the uh, factory on Atlantic Avenue, you know, pots and pans. And, and of course that was, you know, you needed to make a living and that's where they worked. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and, and those times, you know, women stayed home, so they didn't need to find a job, but the men worked there and, and, uh, they lived over there on 88th street and, uh, Atlantic Avenue. And they, then we moved to 80th street. Then we moved to 95th street and, you know, we've just been around with even our entire lives. And interestingly, that dead end street, when we, when my mom and dad were going to buy their first home in 1972, when I was four years old, that one of those houses was for sale. And I remember that was one of my first memories going down that dead end block off, of, it's off Atlantic Avenue, if I'm not mistaken. Right. And, uh, going to see that home. And I, it was just weird. So, uh, I think they decided not to buy that one and my mom still lives in the same home over here on eightieth uh, and uh uh eighty nine Avenue. Yeah. But uh yeah. You yeah, and like Ed said, most of the homes uh, I live on Woodhaven North like Ed and uh most of the homes here are uh, turn of the nineteen uh nineteen hundred, you know, from nineteen hundred 1900 to nineteen ten. And I and I live uh just uh, three blocks away from from our first uh uh business that we uh Started, um, well, bought, actually, because then it started, uh, Manor Delicatessen on 94th Street and Jamaica Avenue. So uh, it's convenient.
0: You bought the business in the late 90s, um, but you have a personal history there before you bought the business. When did you start working there?
4: I started working there while I was in high school. I went to the local high school. I went to Franklin K. Lane High School on Jamaica Avenue, which is half in Woodhaven and half in Brooklyn, if you If you want right up the middle of the school, half of it is on the east side of, on the west side of uh, Elders Lane, and the other side is in, on Woodhaven, over by Dexter Court. And uh, I was, uh, I think, 16 years old in uh, 1985, and I walked into Manor Delhi and needed a job, and Mr. Balofsky, uh gave me a job. Was that your first job? It was, uh, you know, I did some painting For a local man on my block, I used to do a little, you know, in the summertime for two summers, you know, I would help them, you know, paint moldings and walls and stuff like that, which is excellent work, by the way. That's a a good thing to know how to paint and repair things.
0: Was there anything special that had you decide that, okay, I'm going to buy this business or was it just sort of circumstances at the time that you were in the right place at the right time? Um, how did that? How did that come about? It's it's really wonderful to to hear stories of people who um, worked in other in someone else's business as a young person, and somehow the passion just stays with them, and then and then they become and then they take over the businesses and they buy the businesses. How did ha, how did that happen with you and Manor?
4: Um, well, I went to college. So I went to Baruch. I went to Baruch College. You know, after high school. And, uh, you know, it's a business school. So I'm just thinking, you know, do I get a Wall Street job? Do I do this? Do I do that? And I'm still working at the deli. And uh, I was like, maybe I could hang in there. And I spoke with him, you know, obviously. And he didn't really have a suitor to take over the business. So I was the guy. You know, we had two kids that did other things. So I was put into that situation where I was able to purchase. And he was good to me. So I was able to purchase the business and, uh, and, uh, you know, go from there.
0: Mm.
4: He's, still the f- he's still alive. Uh-huh. He's in his uh, early eighties. He was just 83 years old a month or two ago, Mr. Belovsky. And, uh, you know, his kids are uh, friends of mine and, uh, you know, he's doing well and he still comes in and, you know, looks around and checks up on things and, you know, makes him feel important. And, you know, it's important, you know, that people feel important. Then we you know we respect that. And, uh, he still comes around.
0: Well, the 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 business, I'm sure, has part of his spirit. And so it's great that he comes and continues, well, he you is, know. He's
4: there. It. He owned that business for 35 years. And I own it for since 1999. Well, that's, I don't know. It's 22 that's almost, years now. Yeah, 22 years. So between the two of us, it's a long time. You're the third owner of Manor. Um, I'm not sure if I'm the third. I was thinking about that because I think there was a few owners, you know, in the early 1900s and there was a old tale that believe it or not, I think he told me in 1938, there was actually a robbery there, which was, you know, kind of strange. And, uh, the clerk got shot in the shoulder and they went off and ran away on a buggy and, and, uh, you know, was apprehended later on, but knock on wood, nothing mm-hmm. since then. And, uh, you know, all good and what even so, uh, <laughs> it was, it was, I don't know if I'm, I don't really know how many generations or how many people owned Manor Deli, but I do know the last two. And Mr. Vietz is actually this child of the prior person to Mr. Polowski. And he is the president of the Milwaukee School of Engineering. Mm. And uh, yeah, his mom were, you know, owned that store.
0: We're going to take a break in a minute, but I I want to ask you first, um, were there, you went to business school before you, before you bought Manor. Um, were there any changes that you made? And I'm not meaning like about the food necessarily, but just, you know, uh, anything that you did to change the way the business was, was run?
4: Uh, I mean, over time you have to change because, you know, the demographics of the, uh, of the uh, neighborhood change you know, where you know, you didn't necessarily have just German and Irish and Polish people anymore. You know, you had, you know, Hispanics and, and Guyanese and Trinidadians and Dominicans and, you know Puerto Ricans and you know people like like any other place in New York City. You know we're a melting pot of people, and you know what even is uh, we grab on to people and they kind of stay here. So you have to make things for every kind of ethnic type of uh, ethnicity in in the city. Mm. So you know we change the food, but the basic items of the of the deli are still the fundamental European German deli.
0: Mm. Well, I'm going to ask you what some of your favorite things are. And I'm starting to get hungry at the thought of it because I haven't had my dinner yet. But anyway, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Mark Gallagher. Mark is the owner of the Manor Delicatessen in Woodhaven in Queens. We'll be back in a moment.
3: You're listening to Talk Radio NYC Uplift, Educate, Empower.
0: We're back and you're back to rediscovering New York on our episode on Woodhaven Queens. My second guest is Mark Gallagher. Mark is the owner of Mano Delicatessen. You know, one of the things I like about just as a note about having two guests is they really can, can complement and supplement each other's uh, each other's contributions. Uh, Ed talked about the history of Woodhaven, and um, Mark happened to speak during the break about about some of the Indian artifacts that he and Ed found as kids in the park. And during the break, uh, Ed mentioned that he had ads from Manor, from Manor Delicatessen from 1914. Um, when a man by the name of Otto Lilkendy Lil was the owner. And sadly, he and two of his children died in the pandemic, the last one, uh, the flu pandemic of 1918 and 1919. Before I ask you about uh, Woodhaven neighborhood, Mark, I'm also intrigued about your restaurants. You have two restaurants with the name Oktoberfest. I can imagine that they're German cuisine and you serve really good German food and lots of good beer there.
4: Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, back in uh, 2006 when... Uh, uh, it was a little slow in wood even so we we branched off into uh glendale queens uh they were building a brand new shopping center that was interesting uh it was a place called atlas terminals and they built a shopping place called atlas park out of it and that was an uh, old place where railroad cars would go in and and uh it was a pretty historic place where railroad cars were going there there were general electric used to be there uh, they used to make manufacturing they used to make bullets for world war ii uh, all kinds of stuff was going on there. So they ripped it down, and they made a shopping center, and they built a movie theater. And uh, I figured uh, I originally wanted to put a deli there, but and it didn't fit. So I I branched off, and I used the German theme and just made a small Oktoberfest, beer, bratwurst, schnitzel type of place uh, right outside the movie theater. And that was in 2006. Uh, in 2009 we were fortunate enough to get a place in Forest Hills which is very close to there you know everything's within a triangle five minutes away from each other uh, and uh, that's a 5000 square foot restaurant where we have a full menu full bar uh it's it's a real bavarian german uh place and uh, of course we you know we always have different specials of anything you could think of of course uh, the german food could get kind of boring after a while so our local people like uh, like the specials that we do.
0: Well, I'm going to have to, when the, this pandemic is over, I'm going to have to try out Oktoberfest in Forest Hills. One of my favorite places in the East Village where I used to live was Zoom Schneider. And, oh, yeah. uh, sadly, uh, uh, Sylvester uh, shut his business down. Actually, coincidentally, like a month before the pandemic hit, his lease was up. Um, and I had some wonderful uh, Oktoberfest oh, yeah. memories. Uh, Very fun place. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, let's let's talk about Woodhaven. Um, describe the vibe of Woodhaven. You talked a little bit about um, the different communities that have evolved in Woodhaven. Describe the vibe of Woodhaven, Mark. What is it you like about
4: it? Uh, I mean, Woodhaven, Woodhaven really centered for the last 50, 60 years, probably because of the J train. I mean, it goes right down the middle of Jamaica Avenue. So, you know, back in the 70s... Uh, many of the people that worked on Wall Street actually lived in Woodhaven. You would see all the men, you know, neatly dressed and going up the platforms on 85th Street and 80th Street and uh, Forest Parkway and, you know, down by Woodhaven Boulevard, everybody was dressed beautifully and they were going to Wall Street. So Woodhaven comes from, you know, nice educated background. You know, we came from laborers and then we moved up in class and now we're back into laboring, you know, in Woodhaven. But that's not to say that that's not hard work. That's what I do my do my whole hard my entire life. Uh so I like the vibe that we're always constantly tra- changing and uh and there's always a challenge with with the uh with the current situation in Woodhaven. Uh it might get some bad press but we persevere and we always uh we always end up on the other side with uh you know sparkling gems and uh and uh, a great community of uh, people that are always willing to help each other.
0: You know, one question I like to ask my guests who own who own local businesses, and, and this is sometimes is a little bit of a stump question for them, but I like to ask it anyway. Um, if, is there anything that you feel makes Woodhaven unique compared to other neighborhoods?
4: Oh, boy. I mean, Woodhaven itself, I would say Woodhaven is very unique because we are Forest Park, and Forest Park is probably one of the best parks in New York City. I was actually written up once in – and uh new york new uh newsday uh, a full page article on how wonderful uh forest park was and i was the premier person that they spoke to about it forest park has a carousel we have a golf course we have airplane field we have uh, uh uh track you know victory field we have football fields baseball fields uh soccer fields i mean Forest Park, like Ed said, is 530 acres. It's, it's tremendous. It's the same designer as, as Central Park and Prospect Park. Uh, it's, it's a gem hidden in New York City. It's, it's great.
0: I was going to make a little Brooklyn quip when you uh, described your high school as being half in, in, in Brooklyn. I'm, I'm a native Brooklynite. Um, the Forest Park actually was first commissioned by the city of Brooklyn, but then uh, the city consolidated, I think, around the time in 1898 before it was actually open or Brooklyn may have bought the land. I forgot. I forgot. Oh, interesting, to say.
4: Interestingly, uh, my, my home, if you look at the title of my home, I live in what's called, we called it Woodhaven Manor, but the, the original title of my home is uh brooklyn manor 1908 oh wow yeah which i don't know why maybe ed does but i don't know why
0: well it might have been because brooklyn i mean if if there was a history of brooklyn having but I, I think they bought that land in 1890 maybe 1891 something like that um anyway um is there anything that has ever surprised you about woodhaven ed Things that you one day you see something and you go wow that's surprising about about the neighborhood I didn't realize that before even as a, even as a fifth generation Woodhaven. I. oh
1: yeah every 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 day oh. <laughs> every day we, every day we do research we find we find we find something new and just I always tell people look up look up mm. uh, you know this is that that kind of local history when you walk along Jamaica Avenue look up you see signs for for stores that haven't been in business in years not just a few doors down from uh, from Mark's place. Uh, from Manor there there's a um, it's above uh, uh, Jack's Hardware um, you look up you see a sign for Alexandria's um, the first or Mark have you ever seen that absolutely yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean it's just yeah. this beautiful beautiful old sign that's at top of the building and Alexandria's hasn't been in business since well, before 1940
4: or
2: something here,
4: you know? here's one here's one that's actually cool mm-hmm. how many how many neon signs are left in New York City Wow, how about Manor Deli? Yeah, Manor Deli is a beautiful. Manor place. Manor Deli has authentic 1962 or 63 uh-huh. beautiful neon signs that are continually there. But uh, it's it's a real neon sign. Beautiful place. Yeah? You know, the, the
1: thing is when you when you talk about Manor Deli as a place, like a, a Woodhaven place, that it's one of those places that when you talk to people, uh, and one of the things Mark couldn't talk about, I can talk about it though, is this, it's just got the best food. The cleanest place, and whenever you talk to anyone who who lived in Woodhaven, past or present, it's it's always one of the top places. They mention they say they always say right away, Matter Deli is the greatest food. So, you guys, uh, you know, definitely when, you, when Jeff, when you come out here, you have to you have to stop there and uh, and and and, and uh, check it out.
0: Absolutely, we have a couple of minutes left, Mark. I wanted to ask you as a business owner, is there anything that you struggle with particularly in in Woodhaven?
4: Uh I don't like that the press always, uh, whenever there's something that's not positive mm-hmm. and it's negative and it happens on the J train, somehow it always gets labeled as woodheven, <laughs> even even when it's not woodheven, which <laughs> I have no idea how that happens. You know, it could happen down on 160th Street and all of a sudden it's woodheven. It could happen in Cypress Hills and it's woodheven. And uh, I think that, uh, you know, journalists should, you know, actually know what they're writing about to say the least, and uh, maybe they should get themselves a map.
0: Mm. Well, I have one more question because one of the things I always like to do in the show is to promote neighborhoods. And if people are thinking about um, opening up a business, is there any advice that you might have uh, for someone who's thinking about opening up a business in Woodhaven?
4: Absolutely. Uh, if you want to open a business in Woodhaven or anywhere else, you better know what you're doing and you better be ready to work. And if you're not ready to work and you're not ready to spend time doing it, it's not for you. Go, go get a job for the city with the city of New York.
0: All right. Well, Mark, Ed, thank you so much. Our second guest has been fifth generation Woodhavenite, Mark Gallagher. He is the third or the fourth and maybe the fifth owner of the Matter Delicatessen. Um, and that's on Jamaica Avenue, Mark.
4: It is. It's on 94th Street and Jamaica Avenue, 9412 Jamaica Avenue.
0: And also, um, Mark is the proud owner of two Oktoberfest restaurants: one in Forest Hills, the other in Atlas
4: uh, Atlas Terminals. Yeah, Atlas Terminals okay. currently closed there, but we we will open again soon. You know, it's a small place, and uh, it, it's not it's not really a good criteria during the pandemic, so we choose just to close it for now. Mm. Well, guys,
0: thank you so much for being a guest on the show. Thank um, you. If you have comments or questions about the show, if you'd like to get on our mailing list, please email me, jeff at rediscoveringnewyork.nyc. You can like us on Facebook and also follow me on Instagram and Twitter. My handles there are jeffgoodmannyc. Once again, I'd like to thank our sponsors, Chris Pappas, mortgage banker at TD Bank, and the law offices of Tom Siaka, focusing on wills, estate planning, probate, and inheritance litigation. One more thing before we sign off, I'm Jeff Goodman, a real estate agent at Brown Harris Stevens in New York City. And whether you're selling, buying, leasing, or renting, my team and I provide the best service and expertise in New York City real estate. To help you with your real estate needs, you can reach us at 646-306-4761. Our producer is Ralph Storier. Our engineer is Sam Leibowitz. Our special consultant is David Griffin of Landmark Branding. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. We'll see you next time.
3: Now broadcasting 24 hours a day.
2: Hey, everybody. It's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector, coming at you from my attic Each week here on
1: TalkRadio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story.
6: Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, right
5: here on TalkRadio.nyc. Hi, I'm Graham Dobbin. Join me every Thursday evening for the mind behind leadership here on TalkRadio.nyc. We speak to people from business, sport, military, and politics, all around what makes a great leader. The personal experiences of what's worked, and maybe more importantly, what hasn't worked. So, that's 7 o'clock every Thursday evening. The Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. Listen to real stories of real leaders. Hi, I am Joseph Franklin
2: McElroy, host of the new podcast, Wise Content Makes Wealth.